0: What's happening, Jacob? Happy Sunday to you, my man. How you doing?
1: I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. How are you doing this lovely Sunday? I'm sure in San Diego,
0: it is quite lovely. It is a beautiful day. Had some breakfast before I got on with you. Had a, a fucking really good breakfast sandwich. Um, do you guys have breakfast sandwiches over there? Not really. No, we have
1: like fry ups. And what's a fry up? It's a full English. Like, I've, do you do you know what a full English is? Cause like, I remember explaining this to someone and I don't know how to like, I thought a fry up was like common knowledge, but apparently it's not.
0: Well, we it's probably like, have a fry up, but we probably just call it something else. What, what actually is it?
1: It's just, it's just, you know, um, toast, bacon, eggs, sausage, you know, black pudding, beans, you know, breakfast food. I don't know. I don't know, but we don't have beans maple are syrup. beans
0: are beans are not. Beans are not a breakfast food. They absolutely, I know. absolutely
1: are. Beans, you, you know, are
0: not a, beans are like a dinner like a cookout all,
1: all americans uh, say this but then they try it and they're like fuck it is a breakfast food actually that's really good Just- we have
0: like we have a lot of like uh like mexican kind of breakfast here in san diego and they'll have beans they'll have like black beans incorporated into it and that works but they but it's because you're eating like tortillas and like cheese and it's you know very like Mexican style so that's the only time I can I've had beans I don't know what kind oh, of beans Are you not. talking about
1: baked, baked beans. beans Baked beans on toast Get some cheese from oh. that bad boy Get some brown sauce bacon Jobs are good and that's breakfast
0: So a fry up <laughs> is Fry up basically means breakfast because like that's What breakfast like our breakfast like What I would call breakfast is like toast Eggs bacon sausage
1: Yeah, yeah that's a fry potato. up
0: that's yeah. breakfast We call Yeah it yeah hash browns whatever and a breakfast sandwich is just like you know two pieces of bread with eggs, bacon, cheese, and I put a little touch of mayo on it. A lot of people think that's gross, but it, <laughs> that's my oh, secret, just, <laughs> you know mine. But I just had, I just had a killer one though, man. So
1: oh, we'd, we we okay, we just um we'd call that a bacon and egg sarni. <laughs> okay, same thing. <laughs> of sarni. Yeah, yeah. a sarni. That's like a sandwich. We'd call it like a sarni. I don't know why. Huh. I feel like I, yeah. sandwich seems like a like an English word, like sandwich.
0: It is. It is Lord Sandwich. Was an but, English you person. But, but you call
1: sandwiches sannies That's it's kind of a northern thing to call it a sarnie. And um, oh, that's, yeah, and my family's from. So we call it sarnie. Like we would call it a fucking sandwich. But no, we don't really. Not for something like that, I don't think. A sandwich is like a ham sandwich. Breakfast food, am I right? <laughs> you guys have syrup on yeah. your breakfast food, don't you?
0: On some like, of it. On like, like
1: waffles. Like, like psychopaths.
0: Like it's, I'm not a big syrup guy. I like I like it a very. It's like hot sauce for me. Like I like a very small amount of it. I'm more of like a butter guy. Like I'm like a ninety to ten. Like butter to syrup ratio is kind of like what I like. Just a a lot of butter, but just a touch of syrup on on like my waffles, pancakes and French toast. Some people douse that shit in syrup. And I don't understand that. It's just like people with hot sauce, like that just cover their food in hot sauce. It's like, that's all you can taste now is the hot sauce. Like you can be putting that on a fucking pile of shit and it's going to just taste like hot sauce. So um, (laughs) that, that I don't understand. Like you don't want, you don't ever want a condiment to like take over the whole meal.
1: No, no, but we do. I see. I was under the impression that you guys with the, um, the breakfast food, the fry ups that you guys put like syrup on it. And I was like that's well, that's gross. we we
0: do but not on everything. We don't like put it on our eggs or like potatoes. We put it on we put it on pancakes,
1: waffles, and French toast. oh, that's that's acceptable. That's that's, that's encouraged. It. if anything. all right. all right. Yeah, so or then, you,
0: might might dip some sausage links in it too. and some bacon it's good on bacon and sausage too i can't lie just keep it off my potatoes and i'm and i'm okay with it but yeah it's it it starts off on the on the on the french toast and stuff and then sometimes it kind of makes its way into other aspects of the meal but
1: i don't um, mind like i had chicken and waffles and so i I don't mind it like chicken and waffles with some syrup on it but it's when you start getting yeah like sausages and beans and shit you guys have
0: chicken and waffles there
1: we do yeah like fried chicken yeah, yeah. I mean, it's London, so we have everything here. I'd, I'd probably like in the smaller towns now, we wouldn't have that kind of thing. That's yeah. like an American thing, right? Like, that's like yeah, an American yeah. soul food, kind of. Yeah, because we have like diners here. They're becoming more popular. And it's like, yeah, just American food. Like, we sell. They they call them French fries. Like, we don't call them French fries, but they have, they're called French fries in the menu just to sound American. You guys call them chips, right? We do. We call them
0: chips. Last question What do you call chips? Chips. Oh, crisps
1: yeah crisps (laughs) fuck yeah i mean i've had such confusion biscuits and cookies are so confusing that's that's the one that really gets me
0: so what i call a cookie you would call a biscuit
1: yeah but then cookies are the ones like the circles with like chocolate in them you know like um like a like a traditional cookie with milk and stuff like that's a cookie a biscuit's like you know a normal biscuit i don't know just you know a biscuit in a packet or whatever. We biscuits, just call a-
0: are biscuits sweet where you live? Yeah.
1: Yeah, they're kind See, of where sweet.
0: Are we, uh, what do you call those things that we have, like with gravy, like the the non-sweet, like the – I don't even know how to describe them, but the dry, not sweet, super dense things you put gravy on? Like that's what we call biscuits.
1: Yeah, we just call that like, I don't know, bread, a bun. Is that, is that a crumpet? I don't know. Is it a crumpet? I don't know. Listeners, What is a that a crumpet? A crumpets <laughs> are like – they're like the airy, they're, they have loads of holes in them and they're uh, like really airy. Like, like a croissant almost? Uh, more like, I don't know, more like a waffle that's like really thick and bubbly, like holes in it.
0: Damn, that of, sounds
1: good. It's fucking good. It's fucking good. I've, I have no idea what you're talking about with a biscuit. The other thing I don't get is cornbread. Like cornbread I've never seen or tried in my life, but it looks oh. bizarre.
0: It's not bizarre at all. It's it's totally harmless. It's delicious, actually. Um, cornbread is my favorite, probably my favorite type of like bread. Like if stuff in that genre, I'd say cornbread is my <laughs> my go-to, man. Like you, you've never had it?
1: Never had it. Never oh even seen God. it.
0: Oh my oh. gosh, dude. Oh my gosh. Have some cornbread with like a bowl of chili. That's that's a pretty fucking good combination. Or with like some barbecue, like some barbecue ribs with cornbread on the side with so, like hot cornbread with butter melted on
1: it. Oh my God, dude.
0: What even put is that it? on your bucket list.
1: What even is it? Cause I've heard it's like, is it sweet? Like I've heard no, people say it's like sweet. It's,
0: it's, it's like semi-sweet, I guess you could say. I mean, it's diff- like, you, there's definitely degrees to it, but overall, yeah, it's like a, it's moist. It, like good corn. There's a big difference between like good cornbread and like half, like cornbread sucks. If it's not fresh, it's just, it gets all crumbly and, Uh, The texture is way off, but like fresh cornbread is uh, like nice and moist. It's so good, man. Um, (laughs) I don't know. It doesn't really. It doesn't really taste like corn, but then like corn doesn't really have that strong of a taste. Maybe it does taste like corn. I don't know, but it's it's good. It's it's kind of yellow. If you ever see it, Um, scoop it up. There's got to be like an American barbecue
1: restaurant somewhere in London that you can try they'll have yeah when when lockdown's over because we are in total lockdown now for the next month and a half yeah
0: like everything like all the businesses are shut down
1: yeah yeah like you know they they reckon like hair salons and gyms aren't gonna open till april at this point because we are we are bad right now like we are right now we're number one in the world for fucking this whole thing up like bad bad i feel like a lot
0: of americans don't realize that how bad it is in other places too oh yeah like we don't you know in america like we pretty much just see news about what's happening here in the u.s like on our news like so you'd almost think like this is the only place in the world where where COVID is happening like we don't hear that much about i don't watch the news a ton but from what i can gather you you just kind of hear about our states and cities here and um you kind of forget how bad it is in other places and sounds like it's really bad there i didn't even realize it was that bad maybe i'm just not paying enough attention but
1: oh, i don't know i know the new york times is covering it because our government is like they've just been funneling billions to like their mates basically so i know the new york times did like a big piece exposing like something like a 1.5 billion dollars worth of like basically money like the government just been giving out to their mates over this like hey here's 250 million dollars to provide ppe and then the PP's is never provided, and it's never chased up. Jesus, yeah, yeah, we are, we're, we're bad, we're real bad. We got, we wow. got Donald Trump. We got our, our own version of Donald Trump, except he's going to be here for the next like three or four years. Oh so, man, didn't he? Didn't he have COVID too? Like
0: did, really yeah. bad at he one did. point. They thought he might not make it.
1: He did. He did, and he is. Yeah, he's he's an awful, awful human being.
0: Do you guys do you guys have all the vaccines there? Like are they ro- how's your vaccine rollout been? Has it been ours has been so slow here? Ours um, has
1: been probably better, but I know we're mixing vaccines and like all the health authorities say don't do that. Don't mix mixing vaccines. Mixing vaccines? Like mixing, like, like you like can you get, choose.
0: We've got two here, I think, right now that are approved. Are you
1: mixing them as well? I don't know if we're actually
0: I don't you think like, no, like what you get like one dose of Pfizer and then the second dose of Moderna? Is that what you mean? I
1: think that's basically what they're saying. That Or that was the plan, which just sounds ridiculous to me. But I think that was their plan. I mean, we'll see because, like, I work in education. No word yet if I'm ever going to get it. Like, as far as they're concerned, they don't really care. But um, my girlfriend. Hey, should have it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I should. I mean, she, my girlfriend works in the NHS and she is doing, she works over the phone now, like, from home over the phone doing like talking to people with stroke survivors and kind of helping them assess their needs she's not going to see anyone face to face for the next few months because of that and she's about to get her vaccine so it doesn't really make sense
0: no that's that's kind of the same way that it is here but you i think it, in a lot of states i'm i'm not sure in california but i know in a lot of states that um educators are are receiving it like t- like i have some teacher friends that have gotten it and uh, it's slow though, man. It's slow. I think it's slower than, than it needed to be. And, um, it's kind of frustrating, yeah. but, but we're,
1: we're, our cases have been going down here, which is good. So, and you, and you guys have like so many, like half your vaccines are wasted, aren't they? A so, lot. I've seen people, yeah. Talking about like, yeah, I just turn up at the end of the day and they've got mm-hmm. like, fuck like, it. They've got loads of slots that never got filled and they just have to throw this, them away. This on. is true. Um,
0: there's, there's, there's insane. a lot going to waste. It's, it's pretty bad, but, uh, same yeah, man. Yeah. We're still, we're, we're still bad here, but like they've, they lifted the stay at home order in, in San Diego at least. Uh, so we can sort of go out and do more things like all outdoor dining is open now at restaurants. So it's, it's still restricted, but it's a lot better than it was. And, um and our numbers have been going down. They're still high. I think we've had over a thousand cases in our city for 60 straight days, um, thousand cases per day. So uh in la's got it even worse and you know our, our whole country's got it pretty bad but the the trend has been encouraging that's going down i don't know how much that has to do with the vaccines or just the holidays being that far behind us now but i just hope it continues man because
1: yeah well, i mean yeah so we'll see i mean it's the same over here but we'll yeah see. yeah it- We'll, we'll, we'll all get through it eventually, man, but yeah, uh,
0: but yeah stay safe. Uh, anyway, we could talk some basketball if you want. <laughs> <laughs> <That was> a <laughs> a bit of a tangent, but this is what yeah. happens when we don't have our host. I should probably address that too. Steve is, is under the weather uh, currently and was not up for doing the pod today. We were supposed to do our expansion draft. I know we've been talking about that a lot. We've got a big expansion draft podcast all planned out. Um, Jacob has done a lot of the the work pre- preparing for that. And, um, and it's going to be awesome, but we didn't want to do it without Steve, you know, so we're going to, we're going to put that off uh, one more week and do that next week for sure. When we have Steve back this week, in addition to talking about breakfast food and COVID, I think we're going to talk a little bit about the all-star teams. Um, NBA all-star voting opened uh, on Thursday. So we've had a few days of it now and we figured we could talk about who our starting fives would be and maybe just go from there and just talk some hoops oh, yeah sort of loosely based on that so let's get into it yes sir jacob western conference starting five do you so- want to do it that way give me give me your whole five or do you want to do the front court first or
1: i'll give you so so just to run down for listeners i've never voted in the all-star game before i don't really care about voting for it because i think the all-star game, like I have a totally different definition to the all-star. Like when I think about all-stars, I just think like, right, who are the 20, 25 best players. It's not really how the all-star game works though. So I'm never really that bothered by it, but this year I've tried to, I didn't know you only vote for a starting five. So I went on there. I was ready to do like, you know, 12 man rosters on both teams and I'm like, (laughs) shit, and you get five. But my starting five, I'll just go, I'll just run through one through five for the West where point guard Steph Curry, uh, two guard kind of other backcourt mate. I was torn. I've gone with Luca, but Jesus, Christ. I'm torn. I am torn because him or Dame, but I, I've gone with Luca because I don't really care about wins or losses when we're talking about the best players. It's a team stat in the front court. Kawhi Leonard, LeBron James, and Nikola Jokic are my um front court three. But then, um, Ad would have been close though, and Paul George close. But it's 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 so tough. Like the front court players in the West, they're all basically MVP candidates. Like Kawhi, LeBron, Jokic. You know, they're wildly good.
0: It's crazy, and especially with the season that Paul George has been having, like he's. It's almost hard to leave him out. Yeah, I have the same three in the front court: Kawhi. LeBron and Jokic, but I was like, ah, is there a way I can get Paul George in there? Um, <laughs> I mean, I, no, I, I don't think he's more deserving than any one of those guys. Uh, but you know, he'll be he'll be a reserve. And then, yeah, AD is obviously tough to leave off there. But it's like ah, I can't quite put him ahead of LeBron. That would probably be the closest one. But it's like that would be so weird to have AD starting over LeBron. Like, I just don't know if he's quite been like their clear-cut best player this season at all like his numbers are, are a little bit down actually and obviously we're not putting him ahead of Jokic Jokic has been absolutely phenomenal especially on offense like this is a historically great uh, offensive center season I mean there's yeah. you know I, I don't even know wh- what you could compare it to you probably have a better idea than me but in terms of like historical context this has got to be up there right he's averaging basically 26 9 and 12 or 26 12 yeah. and 9 I should say and Yeah, I'm
1: not sure. He's ridiculous. Yeah, honestly, I'm not sure what you would compare it to. I mean, historically, I'd have to think about it. I don't think since Shaq, there's been a better offensive season like for a center than he's doing right now. Honestly, I'm just, I'm really trying to wrap my head around it. But no, no, because there hasn't really been a great center in the NBA since Shaq. That's the scary part about it. Like, no, apart from like Dwight Howard, but he wasn't a, an offensive player really or good. No, no and even,
0: even one. Yao Ming, like, Yao Ming was an awesome offensive player in terms of efficiency. He's one of the best to ever do it, but you know, he's not he's not doing the kind of stuff that Jokic does. Like, that Jokic's playmaking ability, his passing ability, his, uh, his shooting ability, like, his clutch factor. I mean, y- you put all that together and I-, I don't even know. It's like statistically, maybe like Carl Towns, has come the closest, but it's like, you know, he's doing that on a bad team. So
1: yeah. Yeah. And and is playmaking. Like he's legit already kind of one of the greatest passes in NBA history like already. Okay. And that's, yeah. and for a center, like he's not Bill Walton or Sabonis. Like they were great center passes. Like maybe the best passes for centers. Jokic is just one of the best ever. Like it's totally he, different. He really
0: Like we really might be talking about like a top five, passer of all time like already i mean just in terms of like ability like yeah he's not you know he's not going to average 12 assists a game like stockton or something but i think he's a better passer than stockton
1: yeah he's seven foot tall like he's he can just see things that stockton or chris paul or steve nash like these guys who are maybe better passers but they're six three at most this guy can like he, he just has angles open to him that magic johnson is like the closest or lebron
0: could you make an argument that the three greatest passers in nba history are six nine and up magic lebron and jokic
1: i think that's a it's a real argument i think, it's, I, think, it's yeah. argument. I, think I think it's an it's argument i think it's an argument because because that that works like you you want to be that size because they can see over players they can whip that ball around and see like the entire court like as good as someone like chris paul is he really needs to work an angle to get that ball through because he just he's working at a lower level of like the court
0: yeah and that's one of the things i like about Lamelo too who i think could be in this conversation when it's all said and done if everything else goes well um in terms of ability he's already at the very top of the league you know yeah. probably right behind Jokic and, and lebron and um i mean it because he's six seven you know yeah. and that's a huge advantage for him and even his brother Alonzo is an awesome passer and that's part of it is is that that height that length that ability to create angles that are just not possible for guys like chris
1: paul and yeah like like before anyone else like from like like that one pass lamello did to gordon hayward where it's like oh my god front to back like 90 foot pass that's insane like how do you see that like if you're six foot tall how do you see that realistically like yeah You know, it's uh, make that pass. Like, it's just, it's insane. And then the lobs he's throwing up there, when he's being double teamed, and he'll just lob it up to Miles Bridges. Like, someone like Chris Paul or Rondo, like, yeah, they could make the pass, but would they see it from their vantage point? That's the problem.
0: Yeah, it's like tall guys can throw it over defenders. Yeah, Yeah. Chris Paul's not going to probably throw a pass over his defender in a lot of those situations. Jokic does it all the time. Like so, it's 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 a pretty obvious advantage. I don't think it gets talked about enough. But man, like if you think about the like the three greatest passers of all time might all be big guys in six nine and up. Um, that would probably be my. I don't know. I mean, it's, maybe it's a little early to call Jokic a top three passer of all time, but I mean, why not though? He's not far <laughs> he's, off. It's he does not. shit that I. He does no.
1: It's not far off. Maybe he's top oh. five, top six. I I wouldn't no. argue against top three. And- um. Mm-hmm. maybe maybe the other ones like larry bird which just kind of yeah six, nine as well like it just kind of proves the point that yeah yep. it's just then, it's yep. an unfair advantage it's like dirk in the mid range he's just going to shoot over you it doesn't matter kevin yeah. durant it's it's not fair
0: right and we talk about it all the time with shooting with guys like dirk and durant but um i don't think it gets enough credit in terms of the advantage that it is when it comes to passing so it's kind of interesting to think about so anyway um <laughs> I think we, I think we, we, so we agree on our front court for sure. And then the back court, you went with Luca over Dame. I agree with Curry. Hey, I've got him on mine too. And then I have Dame over Luca. Um, the Blazers are better than the Mavs, mm-hmm. uh, and the Ma- the Mavs have just just not been playing well. And I think he deserves some of the blame. It's not like Luca's out there playing this perfect game, and the Mavs are still losing i think eight of their last 10 maybe is it that bad it, it's, it's bad right it's, it's bad they've
1: been, yeah they've been uh they've been spiraling this team it's um, a double check that right now yeah they've lost eight of their last 10 they're now
0: eight and 12 and um yeah luca has to get some blame for that it's not like look i don't know i think somebody on this podcast predicted that they would miss the playoffs <laughs> for the season i don't know who that was but and i'm not saying they definitely will i mean they they certainly still have a chance to get in it's still early they're they're only 20 games in they're only 8 and 12 it's not like it's a complete disaster at this point but they need to turn it around but like my reason for saying that before the season was like i don't i don't think he's got a good enough supporting cast and i know they've had a lot of covid issues i know kp Mm -hmm. missed a significant amount of time and, and he's out again now and so they've had bad luck with that but even with all that it's not like he's got a trash roster around him right I mean he's got a great coach he's got some good players around him some good smart veterans like so I I mean he doesn't deserve all the blame he doesn't deserve half the blame but he deserves some of the blame and it's enough for me to keep him off the all-star team right now and again it's important to stress like this is initial voting this is who we voted for in the last couple days kind of based on what has happened so far this season and uh, I, I give Dame a slight edge, and Luke has been Luke has been awesome. He's been about what I think most people would have expected this season on an individual level. I mean, his numbers are insane. But uh, yeah, the Blazers are ten and eight. They've had some adversity too with injuries, and Dame's game winner against the Bulls probably sealed the deal for me. <laughs> that See that's,
1: <laughs> yeah, that? Yeah, I I was worried to fall into that because I I did this originally on Friday and Saturday. I did this for the next by the numbers episode and it was kind of clear. And I didn't want to fall into that trap of being like, yeah, Dame did drop like 44 in a game winner last night. Should I put him <laughs> over him? And Luca and the Mavericks are, are spiraling. But to me, don't Luca afraid, is still, don't be
0: afraid of a little recency <laughs> bias. A little
1: recency bias never hurt anybody. Like, my, my problem is it's just, yeah, like the, the Mavs are playing badly, but they're also, historically their players are having an insane shooting slump all at once and that's if if there's one thing Luca needs around him it's shooting because he's right now on like 29% from this year and he's never going to be realistically a good shooter I'm just but then you know Dorian Finney Smith is shit shooting this year Chris Stapps when he's played has been less than 30% like it's not been a good shooting team and that is kind of like I don't put the blame on Luca for that because I think he is still one of the best offensive players in the league, even though he is a slight negative right now in scoring. But he's just yeah. I just the problem is he is a good defender this year. Like everything's saying, mm. he's defending well. Mm, and I don't know about that. I mean, I think he's gotten better. I oh, don't know I if I'd call him a
0: good defender though.
1: No, maybe I've no, heard I that a, a lot. Good. I wouldn't say I mean, good, it's too far, but he's a positive. I think he is an overall overall yeah. positive defender. And the God. thing is with Dame, Dame is not playing well defensively. I mean, he never can realistically, but he's really not this year. And that Portland team is having some real issues, I think, defensively, which I was, I thought they would fix with um, the arrival of Rocco and Derek Jones Jr. But Rocco, isn't he? Yeah. No, he's been rough. Um, yeah, his his yeah, reputation's kind of preceded him the last couple of years. He <laughs> hasn't really done well. I, I, mean, Derek, I was saying
0: this to somebody the other day. Like, I'm and I like I've never liked him. I, I just haven't. I always thought he was overrated. Like one of the lowest efficiency players ever. Like at his size, in terms of scoring. And I, I get the defense. Like he he's definitely a good defender. He definitely protects the rim well for for a forward for like a wing. But I don't know. But I I talked myself into him though when the Blazers traded for him like i talked myself into to Rocco. i was like okay, no, okay this is this guy's this guy's really good he's a perfect fit and uh, <laughs> i kind of sold myself on him and then he's just been a, a massive disappointment i mean he, he might turn it around yet but and i'll say this like yeah the blazers have a, a better record than dallas by by a few games for sure but i know dallas has had a tough schedule especially lately they've had one of the tougher schedules blazers maybe not so much overall um I don't think the Blazers right now, without CJ and Nurk, are, are really that much better of a team than Dallas. Uh, they just do have a better record. And I think Dame is, has been better than Luca this year, not by a ton, but uh, but I think he's been better. I mean, he is averaging thirty points a game and seven assists, and I'm pretty sure he's doing it on career best true shooting. So, yep he yes. he's awesome. I mean, he's he, he's he's my guy and. Yeah, no, that's he, close though that's tough what what would you how would you feel about leaving Curry off and going with Luca and Dame is Curry Curry's got to be on there
1: um for me I did have Curry on there just because like Curry I think him and Dame are very close offensively like I think just you know it's it's weird seeing like their stat lines next to each other because they are really really close and yeah shooting wise Steph's shooting has been slightly down but that's kind of brought it about in level with Dame. I just think Steph's defense is still about a net zero, maybe slightly below that this year, but Dame's is a step below that. So for me, it was kind of, I was happy to put Steph very slightly ahead. Like I have them in my MVP vote. I have them right next to each other. I have Steph like one slot above Dame on my MVP top 10. They're both in the top 10. So is Luca, but I just, yeah. I'm just leaning Steph still right now because I think he provides a lot of value on offense, especially that it doesn't get picked up just because, you know, you're following him around the floor with two players at all times that opens up so much for the rest of the teammates that don't count towards his assists or his points. And he's such an unselfish player on offense, like in terms of cutting screening for guys that just open up so much and Dame could do that. But he's more of an on-ball superstar, which reflects better in the numbers. But maybe not as good overall offensively. Like it's it's tight
0: right yeah, now. Dame is fair, probably
1: fair. Dame's probably in better form in terms of like how good they can both be. Dame's in better form right now than Steph. But I do still think Steph is slightly slightly above him. But it's it they're right next to each other. I wouldn't be hap- I wouldn't be upset. Any of those three, I wouldn't be upset getting an all-star nod, starting all-star nod. Same.
0: Yeah. No, I, I'm not saying any of those three are, are not deserving. I, I would go with Lillard and Steph, but Luca's right there too. And, but those are the clear cut top three. And what do you think it's going to be like? So this is a popularity contest. Like, what do you think it's going to end up being like, these are who we think deserve it um so far, but like, do you think this, that will sort of hold true? Who do you, I think Steph is probably a lock just because he's so popular. And I mean and he's playing great too, for the most part. But then Dame and Luca, that's kind of an interesting one. Like, I wonder who gets more votes between those two. I feel like they're both both really popular. Luca's probably
1: more popular, but Dame's kind of like cooler. I don't know. I think I think Luca is though more popular overall. Maybe yeah. maybe because cause there was all the pushback last year, like because Luca was so popular and people were like, What's he doing that's different than James Harden? And the answer is, and James Harden gets all this hate. And the answer is not really anything, but Luca's the new shiny toy. And so yeah. people are going to poke holes less. Like we saw it with Giannis, like two years ago, Giannis was the darling. And just last week we were kind of trashing him on this pod when he, he's kind of the same player he was. Yeah. And it's, it's just how it goes. Like, you know, Harden, if Harden was doing what he did for the past five years for the first time, we'd be like, oh my God, this guy's amazing. But it's just, it's just how it goes. I Yeah.
0: There's something to that.
1: I definitely. I think that um, it depends what their records are. I think if Portland are clearly doing better than Dallas by that point, Dame will make it. I think if they're about the same, I think Luca's popularity will push him slightly over the top. Honestly, I think yeah, the I the front court is basically set at this point, unless something crazy happens like an injury. I think that front that front three of Kawhi, LeBron, Jokic, that's set me
0: i agree i agree i think that's i I think that's set for set for me and i think that's set for what it's going to be i'll I'll be shocked if if that's not it if like ad um beats one of those guys out i I don't see that happening they're all way more popular and i think having a better season which
1: let's see want to go to the east yeah yeah, we can go just to round out quickly because i've done like a bit of research for this two guys that I was shocked were quite clearly making the ballot bear in mind it's kind of in flux because CJ McCollum's dropped out CJ McCollum would for me if he'd kept up his form he would also be knocking on the door of a starter this year like that's a real tragedy for him because I've been on the CJ McCollum is kind of trash bandwagon for a year two years now this year he's made me shut my mouth he's been awesome gotta respect what he's done it's a tragedy that he's gone down with this injury now and kind of going to take him out of that all-star voting that's that's unlucky like I've got to give it up to the guy he's been awesome two guys that I was surprised are Mike Conley for me was quite clearly one of the five backcourt players in the west the other one was DeMar DeRozan I Mm. have in the in the five not even like in those two coaches voting whatever it was you know like the 11th and 12th spot he was in the the five backcourt players and even if CJ had been healthy he probably would have been ahead of Conley like Demar's been playing awesome this year he's been really an impactful player in this San Antonio Spurs like where they're running like four guard lineups and he's playing like power forward they really unlocked him I think this year and I think it just speaks to that San Antonio team that they are getting the most out of Demar DeRozan who I was trashing last year as well like I wouldn't trade anything for him and this year I'm like yeah he's he's an all-star in the west like it's wild he's super underrated and he has been having a really nice
0: season and San Antonio's been surprisingly good yeah and you know that was who did they beat the other night Denver they they had a real nice win yeah it was against Denver and um, yeah DeRozan's been great man he's he, he's the like I feel like I kind of count him out Every season, like, I know, like, I I mean, we were kind of talking about him like he was trash. Like, um, my question with him is this, why is he a backcourt choice? But Paul George is only a frontcourt choice. Oh, it's ridiculous. You know, um, like, I feel like DeRozan is more of a frontcourt player than Paul George. I think they both should be eligible for both. Like we talked about this mm -hmm. before the podcast, like they should both be able to be either backcourt or frontcourt. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. they are. But like I don't know why DeRozan is backcourt and PG's frontcourt. That's kind of strange how they do that. I'm not a yeah. not a big fan of the, no, I mean, the front court thing. Just it's going better than them. having like center, like a center and oh, two front court. Like I'm glad that I'm glad it's the three front court as opposed to that. But still, I think there should just be some flexibility with guys like DeRozan and
1: Paul the George. Are, the irony, they got rid of the center position because there was a whole generation of trash centers around like Dwight was like maybe the only good center of his entire generation as soon as they get rid of it you get and bead anthony Towns go bear coming through like the next great generation and now they're having to fight with like small forwards and power forwards for their spot it's just yeah, yeah it's that's
0: funny it's funny yeah yeah um but yeah DeRozan that yeah that's that's fair I again I, I didn't really look at the bench Conley is the is the guy I, re- I really want to see make it um he's having a great season he's averaging like 17 and six. He's shooting it well. He, Utah is by record the best team in the NBA as of this recording at 15 and four, I believe. And he's never made an all star team. And I think most people would agree he's, if not the best player to never make an all star team, certainly like one of the three best. He's had far too good of a career to not have a single all star appearance. And Utah is the best team in the league. He's having his best season in a few years. It's the perfect time to put him on. I think the coaches will select him. I think they know. I think they respect him enough to do that, and um, I, I really hope he makes it. I don't like Utah, and um, I'm not, I've never been like a huge Conley fan, but I think he deserves it. So that's no. the one I I feel strongly about as far as uh, reserves.
1: Mm-hmm. No, I think I think we were we were touching on this last week in terms of like Ingram and Zion, and I was saying like I don't think New Orleans are forcing the issue of the voters in terms of how good the team is. Utah are absolutely forcing the issue where it's like you need at least one or two of these guys and you've got like Conley, Gobert, Mitchell. Maybe Mitchell gets in because of the points, but I actually think Conley and Gobert have been the most impactful players on this team. I like, agree. Like uh, Yeah, and I think, Conley, I think Conley makes it just on quality. Not even because, yeah, he's certainly in recent memory the best player to never make an all-star team, but I think he makes it on merit this year. That's... And that, I'm not really focused on him, you know, never making it, him deserving that nod. He's just good, man. He's just, he's really good.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. He's, he's a big part of why they've been so good this season. And I agree. Gobert has been the other most impactful player for them. And uh, Mitchell's been playing a little better lately, but he got off to kind of a rough start and mm-hmm. overall, based on what we've seen, I would definitely have him behind those other two and to have three from a team make it is tough. Uh, i'd have to look at that some more like do we would we give him the nod over devin booker this season
1: i mean devin booker has been i thought devin booker would probably still be um phoenix's best player but right now he's probably uh, my third honestly like chris paul yeah, and michael and bridges, bridges. Yeah. Like i think i think he's really the guy who's having to like switch his game around for chris paul right now like his scoring across the floor is down his playmaking's down but his turnovers are up he's yeah, he's the one I think who's having to make the biggest adjustment. For Chris yeah, he's ha-
0: he has to do he has to do a lot more off-ball stuff. I mean, you know, he's he, he's al- almost been like a combo guard for them where he's he does some point guard stuff like he's got the ball in his hands a lot and uh and in this season, yeah, that that hasn't been the case. I mean, Chris is going to have the ball in his hands. He's Chris Paul, so I agree I think Booker has had to make the biggest adjustment. I mean, he's having a nice season and I mean He's to his credit like he seems to have handled everything well he's not like i haven't heard anything about him wanting more shots or more usage or um i think they're winning and for the most part he's, he's happy about it and then what about your front court guys uh, at the reserves in the in the west is that
1: ad i would imagine i've obviously gone quite deep into this and it's so so deep in the West like as soon as like I came out like i done I did my MVP looking at like the 25% mark MVPs first and straight away like you know Jokic, Kawhi and LeBron had taken up those spots and then AD and then you had like Gobert and Paul George and all these guys were on like my top 10 top 15 MVP ballot and they're just pushing everyone else out of the way for the Western All-Stars as you'd expect like the Western front court's loaded this year. Like, one of those guys that I just named, AD, Gobert, and Paul George, is going to have to be in that, like, the coach's decision part of this, which is wild when you think how good all those guys are playing this year. And that's, that's leaving off, like, Brandon Ingram was really close. Yeah. And, you know, Michael Bridges is shockingly close. Like, we were just talking off air. Like, he might be the best wing defender in the league this year. And he's yeah. shockingly close for me, but yeah, it's it's too it's just too tight. Honestly, another guy another guy I think that deserves a mention is Christian Wood. Christian Wood, he was one of those guys where it's like I got down to like forty guys, and I'm like, yeah, Christian Wood, like does he? He's even averaging
0: twenty four and eleven, and like Houston's been more competitive, I think, than yeah. people kind of expected them to be. but he's. He's yeah. not going to make it, but Jesus, he's he's right there. And yeah, Bridges is another guy. Like when you factor in his defense, like he's playing at an all-star level. He's been so good for them. But yeah, he's not going to make it. So what is it? It's it's five front court, five back court total, and then two like two. just wild card guys.
1: Yeah, two just wild card. Then I had Chris Paul as a wild card as well because okay. Chris Paul's like his his total yeah. numbers. They don't capture how important he is to that team as like a general. Oh, he's good. Yeah, he's got to be
0: on it. If, if one player from Phoenix makes the All-Star team, it's got to be Chris, in my opinion. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, Christian Wood, he is... Yeah, he's putting up insane efficiency and he's playing great defense. Like, he's kind of dictating their kind of defensive performance. Him, like, he's, he's positive across the board. Maybe um most improved player this year. Who knows? Someone might have picked him for the start of the year. But he is like does he even make an all-star honestly the league is so deep right now you could go 40 deep in all-stars i I
0: think i think they need to expand the all-star rosters i've been saying this for a couple years Mm -hmm. because the league is deeper now it would seem like the natural thing to do it's not really fair like let's go back to the the 1990s like how is anybody who's averaging 24 and 11 getting left off the all-star team hell no and i know that look, I know that the league as a whole is scoring more points now. I know 24 and 11 now is probably, you would know better again than me, but it's probably equal to like 24 points a game now is probably equal to like 19 maybe back then or something or 20 back then. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, I know it doesn't mean quite what it used to, but still like, I think there, if, if you could come up with a way to sort of um, justify expanding the all-star rosters by sort of, um, you know, assigning a value to the best players that, aren't going to make it this year and being like, look, and then compare it to the best players that didn't make it 20, 30 years ago or whatever. And mm-hmm. I think it will be pretty clear that like, we need to make the all-star rosters there. It's 12 right now. You said, I think it needs to be 15.
1: Yeah. I, I'm not against it being 15. I mean, I'm not sure. It's an interesting question. Cause I, I should have looked it up really. When did it become 12 players that make the all-star team? I don't know if it's been forever, like in terms of, when the all-star teams were first that big cuz you think like 12 players say like back in 1957 12 players was like 15 20% of the league and then right. you look at it now and it's like fi- like 12 players is you know 5% of a conference it's nothing so i'm just yeah and and there's so many good guys right now and there's so many so many more I mean, there's like 30, 450 spots in the league for players. Like I'm just looking, yeah, I'm, um, Jesus Christ. I just went back to the 1957 all-star team and there is like 22 people on this roster. Yeah. That's insane. And now we have two more spots like 50 years later. That's ridiculous. It's like denying
0: that the, it's like being in denial that, the league has gotten a lot better and a lot deeper and not there's a, not only are there a lot more good players, there's more teams like way more teams than there were back then, especially. And even, even since the mid nineties, there's been expansion teams. And, um, and yeah, I mean, I think anybody can agree that the talent pool is deeper than ever. And there's going to be some extremely good players left off the all-star teams. It's like, is that fair? I, I don't know. I just think that they should, they should expand the rosters to reflect the depth of talent. And you know, I think bad. like Brandon Ingram and Christian Wood should be should be all stars. Like that's not far fetched. It's not like ah, oh, they just haven't been good enough. It's like no, it's just really tough, and like we just can't put them ahead of, you know, Chris Paul and Rudy
1: Gobert or whatever. So, it's it's insane, honestly.
0: Now is that just a Western Conference problem? Why don't we take a look at the East?
1: Here, <laughs> good, for good a second. transition.
0: Hey uh, man, I'm not I'm no Steve, but I... <laughs> you do your job, do it. <laughs> All right, I'll go first for the Eastern Conference. All right, here's my squad. Backcourt, Jalen Brown, Kyrie Irving. Ooh. Yes, sir. And then my front court is Kevin Durant, Joel Embiid, Giannis, and
1: Tetacumpo. So Kyrie is going to be the one you disagree with, right? Kyrie is the one, weirdly. So we've, in both conferences, we're four out of five the same, and we have one um backcourt player Mm -hmm. who's different and yeah Kyrie so again I went you know super deep I I already done research for this so I'm kind of got a leg up right now because you know you came into this today (laughs) to do it and I've been like yeah I was researching this on Friday I actually think I have Kyrie and Tatum on standby to make the all-star team to begin with no because because of minutes played it's because of minutes so like I was like, fuck, Kyrie and Tatum both are good enough to be in, but their minutes are quite a bit lower than a lot of the guys, other guys in contention. So I had them like, right, I'm going to kind of asterisk these guys, like hold them to the side. Maybe by the time it's actually time for the All-Star game, they'll have earned the minutes. It won't be that big an issue and they're good enough to make it. For now, that's why Kyrie is off my um, my All-Star ballot altogether. It's purely so he's played, minutes. He's played 13 games and he's same played, with Tatum for,
0: for that. They've both played, they've each played yeah. 13 games.
1: Yeah. I mean, cause if, you know, if Kyrie hadn't had the whole Kyrie thing earlier this year and Tatum hadn't missed with um, COVID protocols, they would be on it. No question. And I, I know who I'd take off for them as well. i would take off. Um, I have Brogdon and Sabonis in my team. I think they I'd, they'd both drop out honestly oh, that's
0: so tough that's so tough because
1: you know? because they're the two indie players i've got in there and i'm like then indiana has no one and i don't think indiana's gonna have no one but those are the two guys i would drop it's super tight honestly so it's,
0: it's like it it's like it is in the west because yeah like brogdon and sabonis are right there with the best players that are going to be potentially oh, yeah. left off in the west as oh, well yeah. Absolutely. And then Levine too. Levine is going to be in that same boat as them. I know he obviously he's one of my reserves. I've not picked my reserves again. I didn't look at this yeah. as deep as you yet, but you know that Levine will be one of my reserves. No, I know, um, I know. That's my guy. But, but yeah, he, they're going to be on the bubble. We'll call it the bubble, like where it's Brogdon, Sabonis, Levine, um, uh, Julius Randle. He's having an awesome season. Like there's a good chance. Julius Randle's not going to make an all-star team, even though the Knicks have certainly overachieved um, compared to people's expectations. And he's having a phenomenal season. He's putting up crazy numbers. He's doing it on both ends. He's uh, he's improved a lot. So that that's kind of a shame too. Um, but like to get back to the starters. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the one we disagree on is Kyrie. Who do you have starting
1: in, in your Eastern conference? So, yeah, my front court, the same as you Embiid, Durant, Giannis. I think those as well, like, like the West, those are pretty set. I don't think anyone's going to come close to challenging those guys. Um, my backcourt is also Jalen Brown as my starter. And then I have James Harden. So I have okay. the other Brooklyn net yeah. guard as my starter.
0: Totally fair. And like, I'll say this, the reason that hard that I have Irving over Harden and this isn't fair, but Hey, we all can have our own criteria is that, uh, Harden's only played so many games in the Eastern conference so far. Like, uh, has he played what 10 maybe with the Nets? I, I don't know. Time is so weird these days. I I really I don't <laughs> no. know. It's like he could he could have played five games with them, or he could have played 15. I don't even know at this point, but I think it's like probably like 10.
1: Um no, how can it be 10? That's insane. I would have said is it? if you took me, I would have said, oh my god, it's eight. I've just looked. That seems so weird to me. I thought I would have said like four.
0: Yeah. Well, it's going by fast, man. I mean, these games are every other day, so. Um, eight eight will take place in the span um, during which maybe four would have taken place in a normal season. So, yeah, and just- and time is just fucking all distorted right now for for all of us. So that's eight. Okay, see, and I know by the time the All Star game rolls around, he'll have played a lot more.
1: And I th- I think he <laughs> will make that just because of and as well. He's taking on that kind of point guard responsibility for this team. Like he's averaging like twelve assists or something per game for this team right now. So he's really, yeah, for the Nets. So he's really taking on that kind of the point guard role for them ahead of um, Kyrie. And you think like, if you say like, what's his stat right now, he's 24 points and eight rebounds and 12 assists. Like there's no way if he keeps that up that he won't make the all-star team when it comes time for it.
0: Let me just bring this up too, though, in, in defense of Kyrie, since coming back from his, Pause. He's averaging 28.3 points per game, 4.3 rebounds, 5.5 assists. He is shooting 56% from the field, 41% on threes, 89 at the line. Uh so it's like and I was saying this to you before the pod, like when I watch them together, I'm not like Harden's better than Kyrie. Like I don't know. I think I think it's close. Um, I think Kyrie's a little better. I, you know, I, I just, I just do. And I guess that's why I'm going with him. And I mean, I like Kyrie too. And, uh, you know, he gets, he gets shit on a lot. Maybe that, that sort of plays into why I'm voting for him as a starter, but yeah, I know he's only played 13 games, but, um, I don't know. I mean, Harden came into the season out of shape. Mm -hmm. Uh, he, he hasn't been as great as he's been in other seasons and, I think Kyrie's been a little bit better this season. But you no, know, it's close. It's it's very close. To me it's it's similar to the and I know Kyrie's probably not even your next guard up when we're talking about the starters in the East, but for me it's kind of like that situation in the West where it's like I'm fine with putting Harden ahead of Kyrie. Like to, I I wouldn't be mad about that, but
1: it's it's tight cuz yeah, like when when Kyrie we assume he's not going to hopefully he doesn't get injured, you know, touch wood. Kyrie stays healthy and we get to enjoy him being amazing at basketball but I'm not sure where he'd slot into when he's healthy because maybe he takes maybe he takes Harden's spot depending on how the future goes maybe him and Harden both replace Jalen Brown and Jalen Brown's the one to fall out because he's playing super well and I'm like how can this possibly keep up the way it's going like 44% from three that's not going to carry on yeah
0: no, no. I talked about this last night when I was, I did a little live stream and um, as Jalen's awesome, he's clearly gotten better. He's, oh, yeah. Yeah, he's been phenomenal. I mean, but the, the level of shooting is, is going to taper off a little bit. Like there's, it's just not, it's not entirely sustainable. He'll. It'll be better than it's probably ever been. It'll continue to be, but um, I don't think it's going to be quite where it is now. And I mean, I still think Tatum's a better player between the two. I, to me, mm-hmm. there's, There's no question. As great as Jalen is, I still think Tatum's better. I know there's been a lot of talk about that too, but uh, but right now, and again, it's that's important to stress. Like what we're talking about today is just our picks based on the season so far. And I mean, Jalen's obviously a starter based on that. Um, Here, run me through the bench a little bit here because I haven't looked at this as as in depth as you. But what what are are we looking at for for the bench in in the East?
1: So for the bench, you got um, you got Chris Middleton for me. Is kind of next guy up, playing awesome as well as always. He's is
0: there an argument for him starting over Giannis in the All Star game? Is he? Uh,
1: I I put because of Jan, I still think Giannis's defense separates him from other guys. Like, I still have Giannis in the top five, top six defensive player of the year voting. And when you combine that with his offensive game, because like we talk about him taking a step back. His, his stats are still basically the same as they were last year. That's the crazy part about all of this. We're just getting, I think, slightly bored of Giannis. And I think the overall, he's not clicking as well as he was the year before. It, it doesn't seem to be coming really in the flow of the offense like it has been before now, or like he hasn't been the focal point and it's been slightly less efficient. But Giannis is still such a beast. I just like yeah. having him fair, ahead fair. of I- yeah, he head a Middleton for sure. Yeah,
0: Middleton pulled of off a little bit, I think, too, um, lately.
1: I, I don't, uh, what's he? He's averaging 21.
0: Yeah, yeah. Giannis has got to be the starter. But okay, so back to the bench. Um, Middleton so- for sure. Yeah, I definitely agree with that.
1: Yeah, Middleton definitely making it. Um, Bradley Beal is maybe the most interesting question here because you have like the leading scorer in the league. I think he's been playing offensively, he's been playing really well this year it's just he is playing on the worst team right now in the league maybe and do you reward losing i say i say he's one of the 25 best players he's got to make it for me and it's like trey young the hawks were trash last year and trey young made it in as a starter because he's popular and because he's talented i don't see why bradley beale shouldn't make it in either like i
0: agree he's averaging 35 points a game i mean Okay, so like, because I know last year he got snubbed or whatever, and and a lot of people were, were pissed about that. Mm-hmm. And sure, the Wizards were a little better last year than they have been this year, a little better. And But he was averaging like 28, I think, at that time. And that was like, how are you going to leave off a guy that averages 28 points a game? Now it's like, seriously, how are you going to leave off a guy that averages 35? That's what he's averaging so far this season. He has to make it. As much as there are guys I'd rather see, like personally, probably <laughs> make it over him. Zach Levine, but uh, <laughs> you have to put him. The Wizards could be oh and thirty at the All Star break, and if he's averaging thirty five points a game, I think you have to put him on as a reserve. I'm I'm with you there.
1: Yeah, he. You know, fun fact that I got from um, Basketball Reference at the end of last year, he's the only player in league history to average thirty points per game and not be an All Star that year. And he's wow. Did he he, aver- he did average thirty last year, huh? By the end of thirty point one, yeah. It, wow. was like, it was like 28 at the All-Star break, but at the end of the season, it was Well, this 30. is what we're talking about, though, with
0: expanding the rosters. Like, that's stupid that a guy averaged 30 and didn't make the All-Star team, and now he's averaging 35, and he yeah. might. there's a chance mm. he won't make it. He probably yeah. will, but there's a chance he won't. And, like, that shouldn't happen. You, you shouldn't average – there's no way you should be able to average 30 and not make the All-Star game. And Like, come no. on, expand
1: yeah. the damn rosters. No, like, as much as I, you know, am fucking analytical, like, it's the All-Star game and someone who's doing that well. And it's not like he's even like chucking his efficiency is still above average. Like he's still like, you know, that true shooting plus where it's like a hundred is average. He's like hundred and five. So like he's shooting above league average at super high volume, like you can't not have him in. It's just insane. Just because his team is so bad. Like Russell Westbrook might be one of the worst offensive players in the league this year. Like it's just, they're just getting dragged down and that team is just playing. So I like free Beal, honestly, free oh,
0: When you posted that shooting stat the other day, seeing where Westbrook was on oh there, like, bottom oh of the basement. I mean, yeah. he's, he's, he's been as bad as like, he's probably had a larger negative impact on his team than any player in the league this year, just because of his mm-hmm. usage. Like he's hurt his team more. It's, it doesn't mean he's the worst player in the league, But I think he's hurt his team more than any other player in the league this season.
1: Yeah, yeah. When when I looked and I was like, he is scoring worse than Anthony Edwards, who is having like an atrocious scoring season for a rookie. And you understand that because he's in a really bad situation. You know, it's it's really. He's only been
0: playing basketball for three years or whatever. Like, um, yeah, yeah, you understand it with Anthony Edwards. With Russell Westbrook, it's like, dude, you're you're an MVP. Like, you're a Hall of Famer. um, You're getting paid a fuckload of money and I don't think he's been fully healthy this season. Like I know he missed time with an injury and when he's been on the court, he doesn't, doesn't look as explosive as he has in the past. And he hasn't been as good of a defensive player, I think because of that. And yeah, he's been a a serious detriment. Um, But, but but yeah, regardless though, Beal is, Beal is doing his thing and I'm, I'm okay. I'm, I'm for a Beal all-star appearance.
1: Uh, Now my, my next one who does make the five, because right now I've listed, Harden, Middleton, Beale and Brown, and obviously Kyrie, Asterix, not currently on the roster, will definitely make it when he's played enough minutes to catch up to everyone else. My next guy, Ben Simmons. I have mm. Ben, Mr. 12 points a game, Ben Simmons. I do have making, not even in like the coach's 11th and 12th spot on the first team because for me, he is one of the best defensive players in the league. For me, he is like the basically the only, depending on what how you want to classify Anthony Davis or Giannis, whether they're big men. For me, he's the only guy in that defensive player of the year running who is not a big man, although although he's six foot ten. But you know,
0: yeah, 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 he's he's not a a, a center. I mean, yeah, he's I don't know if he's a point, I don't know what you want to call him. I guess he's yeah, forward, um, I don't know, he's just a basketball player, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. Though. I agree. He's he's in the conversation for defensive player of the year. And I think the, the current state of that awards race kind of reflects what we talked about heading into the season where it's like S- Simmons and Embiid both have a great chance to do it. And it's like, I don't know, I'd probably give Embiid a slight edge now. Simmons was my pick. I think he's got an argument, but they both do. And uh, yeah, and I I, I think you, you absolutely have to put him on the all star team. Philly's the best team. In the East, I mean, yeah, his scoring numbers are just not there. He hasn't had a very big role in their offense, but um, but he's still been an important piece of it. And his defense has just been been phenomenal.
1: Yeah, see, I just I think that with those two guys, like they are, but neither of them are good for each other in terms of like maximizing their individual stat lines or their skill sets. But they're both so talented. They can just kind of, with this roster as it's currently constructed, they can just kind of win. You know, it, yeah. it's just, they're just too tight. It's like with Westbrook and like Durant, where it's like, you know, do they really fit together perfectly? Maybe, maybe not, but they're just so talented, they're going to win a lot of games anyway.
0: Well, and, and I posted this in, in the group in uh, Facebook yesterday. They're 14 and 1 when Simmons and Embiid are on the court together this year, or in the lineup together this year, I should say and um and, and 11 and 0 with those two and Seth Curry. Yeah, say what you want about the fit between them. Like we all know it's not ideal, never has been, probably never will be, but they're 14 and 1. And say what you want about their schedule too. I know some of those have been pretty easy wins, but they're they're really good uh together and they're better than they've ever been, I think, together and what that has looked like so far is is Simmons just not being as involved as a scorer. Like he'll go a lot of possessions where he, you know, he's just kind of on the on the outskirts, not doing too much, and it's more like Embiid and and Harris really running things and, and Curry. Like it, it's just he's had to take a back seat as a scorer, and I think that's the best thing for this offense. And uh, yeah. I don't know how he feels about that. Um, I haven't heard anything too crazy come out. I think there could be some a little bit of tension, but they're winning, and as long as they're winning, I think they'll be good.
1: Yeah, that's. I mean, it, I'm unsure as well because yeah when when you think someone as talented as ben simmons where you know everyone's telling everyone must be telling him around him there's no way like his circle aren't saying yeah man you could be like an mvp candidate like he must be be getting told that by his close friends and family but he seems to buy in and you know be willing to take like you know eight nine shots in a game and just play lockdown defense if he's willing to do that then the the ceiling is unlimited for this team because yeah
0: and i think he has been and i think doc deserves a lot of credit for that too like i'm not sure that simmons would have bought into this role or the role he's been in for much longer under a coach that doesn't command as much respect under someone like brett brown but i think that's one of the reasons why doc was such a good fit with this team is he doc can explain it to him doc can doc can sell him on it and uh I have a question though. Okay. So apparently like Simmons was told he was being traded to Houston. That's what I heard. Right. Do you think, do you think he wanted to get traded? Like, do you think he was disappointed? Do you think he was bummed when he found out he wasn't getting traded? Like if you had to guess, do you think he
1: was happy about potentially going to Houston? I think he will. I think he might've been. I think so. I think he might've been like, I'm just trying to think about it from like, if I'm Ben Simmons, how would I feel at the same time? I would think, yes, but could it just not be another team apart from Houston? Like could you not trade me to like I wouldn't even mind getting traded to like Orlando or something? You know, just a team where like I'm not going to play for Fatita. And the, yeah. where they're they're obviously just trying to get under the tax, where they traded Lavert for like and Jarrett Allen. Like they got these players and they just these talented young players and they just traded them straight away for like expiring contracts. Yeah, uh, it's like they obviously don't want to win, even though they are actually playing pretty well so far. But they're just yeah. I don't know if I would like to be in that situation as Simmons to like. But I do think yeah Simmons would like his own team because who wouldn't when you're that talented? Why wouldn't you want your own team and be like the yeah,
0: like you said, man? He has to think like I could be an MVP candidate. Like if I had my own team and I could just play exactly the way I want to and just uh, be be as aggressive as I want to be as a scorer and not not have him be there like I don't know I mean I'm not saying he doesn't want to win and like again Philly playing so well like I think he's probably happy to be there right now I truly believe that but I I think part of him would like to have his own team and just put up insane numbers and you know he has to think he could, he could be like an MVP candidate. So I, I don't know. I, I was wondering about that. Cause they're like, they told him he was being traded and I'm like, I wonder what his reaction was. I wonder if he was like, all right. Or, or if he was yeah, like, yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. not to Houston. It, it, you might be right. Maybe like he'd be open to the idea of a trade, but maybe not to Houston just cause of the state of that franchise. Namely,
1: you know, the ownership. And, um, and maybe more so last year as well, when, you know, Philly were kind of not clicking like that whole where they had like four forwards and centers in like joe ellen bead and him and al horford and tobias harris where it just wasn't clicking maybe then he would be more like yeah just trade me to another team
0: right but now that they have some shooting and and they've gotten horford out of there and
1: he, he, he yeah, like no, yeah they're a little, a contender. I, I haven't heard any
0: i haven't heard anything to believe that he he's not happy there but um you, no, do, yeah. you know you just think he could probably be doing more uh, but that's not what's best for the team right now. And he seems like he's cool with that. Um, sorry, man, kind of got sidetracked there, but.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, got then, <laughs> so then um, there are two other guys in terms of both the flex positions. They call them the, that 11 and 12 spot. I both, I have two guards there. Trey young and Brogdon are in those spots for me. Trey young. He is Mr. Streaky right now. Yeah. Like he is, he started out on fire slumped he's been climbing back up like yeah I don't really know what to make of him I don't know if he's gonna go beyond this honestly because I think he will have peaks and valleys in his performance throughout the entire year Brogdon's the one that's kind of really interesting to me because he's playing so good this year like for him like he is you know I mean he's 28 years old I think people forget that you know he's he should be in his absolute prime right about now But um, yeah, those are the two guys for me. Like, I think people know Trey Young is just, you know, he's been quite a hot topic this year.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, man, I mean, he's averaging 27 and 9. The Hawks are above 500. They're currently sixth in the East, but only a half a game behind Boston for fifth. So they've been probably a little better overall record-wise than most people expected, or at least on par. And, And he's... Overall, he's putting up good numbers, but yeah, he's been one of the most inconsistent stars in the league, at least uh, for sure so far. So I think he has to be on there. Um, that's yeah. fair having him in one of those one of those
1: two spots, kind of the the last two. Did you say uh, Sabonis yet? Sabonis so is no, no. That's the front court. So in the in the front, oh, my court, bad. But yeah, I I do think just to um, tie that up, I do think in terms of voting, it would not shock me if Trey ended up above Ben Simmons and Beal and Middleton, just because of name recognition and scoring bias, that would not shock me. But like, if I'm trying to say like, right, who do I think the 25 best players or like the 12, 13 best players in the East? I don't think Trey is in that top 10 right now, just because he's too inconsistent for me.
0: Well, and think about this. Like the thing is he, he was voted in by the fans last year, right? Cause he is so popular. Um, I don't think that's gonna happen this year. Like he's not gonna be a starter. There's no way with Kyrie healthy and Harden in the East and the way Jalen's playing, right? There's no way. So it is gonna be up to the coaches mm-hmm. to select him. And do we think coaches love Trey Young and the way he plays? Um uh, I don't I, I don't know. The way he the way he uh hunts for fouls, like mm-hmm. I, I don't think I mean, I think coaches respect Ben Simmons. A lot more than, and certainly Brogdon more than they do. Trey Young, he's got to be on there. But and and look, this is our again. Okay, we're this is our picks. That these are your picks. You have him on there. But I'm just wondering um if the coaches will select
1: Trey Young. Yeah, I don't. I think they've got to. They have. They've got to. to. They they but, they should. Yeah, because it's again like it's the All Star game. If you're just going off like star power. You gotta take the guy that's putting up like twenty seven points per game and like ten assists or whatever. But I don't think I think him and Luca have shown that yes, they are both stars. Like I think Luca is a noticeably better player, but they're both stars, but they still have a lot of growing to do to become like elite of elite players in this league. Because both of them have probably not taken a step back, but not exploded this year the way we would hope they would. No. I think that's fair to say with Trey.
0: Yeah, Trey and Luca both. Like I don't I don't think they're so far, I, I wouldn't say they've been any better than they were last season. They've had moments for sure. Like Trey's like in the beginning of the season, it was like, wow, he's even better. And then Oh my um, god. Yeah. He's just been he's just been so inconsistent. And with Luca, it's just more uh just the, the the shot has not been not been very good, but they'll both they'll both continue to get better. Um yeah, yeah, that's and then I mean. are we on to the front court reserves yeah, now?
1: Yeah, yeah. So in the front court. Like, who, who do you have? Well, obviously we had, we mentioned Embiid, Giannis, Durant. Those guys all speak for themselves. Like they're all MVP candidates to different degrees. You know, I have right now Embiid and Durant are both top three, top five candidates for me. And Giannis is in the top 10. So that's kind of set. But then below them, it's Sabonis, which we said, yeah, Demantis Sabonis kind of, I think has to be in there because he's been playing so well. Like he is Really stepped up a notch, especially as a playmaker. He is amazing as a playmaker. And then my next one, who I think is going under the radar, but I think has taken a step forward, certainly offensively, if not defensively, but he's still really good, is Bam. Mm-hmm. I have Bam out of bio as my um fifth or fourth. I'm not decided on who's ahead between Bam and Sabonis right now, but I think Bam is like, he's amazing. Still, he's
0: gotten better. He's this he's 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 so good. And it's because Miami's record has been so bad and yeah. because he missed some time like in the protocol. But I think by the time like the All-Star game or the All-Star break or whatever, by the time the All-Stars are selected, um, because we don't even know if there's going to be a game <laughs> at this point. I think by then Miami will probably be, you know, at least around 500. And I think we'll have seen enough of Bam where it's like this dude is is definitely the second best uh, big man in the east cause he he has gotten better. He has added stuff and um it's just that team has had so many struggles that it's that he is going under the radar, like you said, but I don't think that will continue for very long.
1: No, he's he's wildly good. Like, I don't know if he can keep up. Like the craziest thing for me when I was looking at it is his his free throw jump this year. Like he was he's been I'm not sure if it's below 70 or he was like right around 50. seventy. He was always right, he was like right around seventy last year, yeah. I think. And now it's above eighty five percent. That's an insane jump in free throw. And he's actually like, he's not really taking threes obviously, but he's expanding his range to the mid range. Like if he like, that's the thing that most impresses me with Bam is that like, you are so talented and you seem to be working so hard every year to add stuff to your game. Like this guy is, is he could be you know, a top 10 player sooner rather than later and i think that's going under the radar this year because like you say miss some games miami's been bad you know butler's been out you know hero's probably going to be out this whole team is a bit of a mess right now Yeah, unfortunately like maybe the finals hangover bubble hangover has been getting to them but bam like you you build around bam in this team you got to build around them because he is a, f- a future you know all nba perennial player
0: yeah, I mean, I think if if that shot continues to develop and he gets to the point where he's got a legitimate three point shot, which like I've always thought the potential is there. And even with his free throws, like his form has always been good. And it's just it's one of those ones where you've always kind of expected it to get better. And it seems like it has. But man, if he if he if he start hitting threes, like he could be like Giannis level. Yeah. Like he could be as good as Giannis, I think, within a couple of years. That wouldn't surprise me. It sounds crazy to say right now, but if Bam is as good or better than Giannis in like two years, I wouldn't be shocked because Giannis is kind of stagnated. Like he doesn't, Giannis isn't getting, hasn't really gotten better the last few years. I haven't seen that much that he's added and he hasn't really addressed his deficiencies. Like if anything, his shooting has gotten worse. Um, so if Bam keeps, keeps getting better, like that's how good he could be. And um, yeah. I'm glad you mentioned him. I'm glad you mentioned him. He's definitely being overlooked and that it's easy to do because because of how, how bad Miami's been, but well, just, um, to,
1: just to uh, add to it, his ability, like to give listeners some context in terms of shots in the mid range, like everything outside the paint to the three point line this year, he's taken about 90 shots and he's connecting on about 47% of them. Mm. Like that is, that's above good above what you would expect in terms of get, giving a player a green light in the mid range. Bam, now he's got a green light, in my opinion, in the mid range. Which it's not like it's not like it was when like Kevin Garnett had a mid range shot and that was like shit, he's a big man with a mid ranger. Like it's not like that anymore, but just having that range allowing him to step out of the paint, you know, to give driving lanes to players, that adds to his game so it's much. Huge. Yeah. On top we of
0: like we see yeah. it from Jokic because and he's he's a very gifted passer in his own right Bam and um that's something that Jokic has is that mid range game that's sort of one of the things that's kind of separated him from a guy like Bam on offense and like if Bam can start heading in that direction as an offensive player with what he brings on defense who man I really I want to watch more Bam now I have not watched a lot of them it's because the Heat have been so decimated with with covid and injuries and stuff and i just haven't been that excited about watching them i don't know that i've watched 3 heat games all season and um i'm definitely going to start paying more attention to bam though with with this you know the shooting that you're talking about cuz you know that's my guy um,
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm hyped. <laughs> yeah yeah and he is he's for me he's going a bit under the radar but absolutely an all-star like i absolutely think i mean the defense is something that i don't think people really quantify i try to go by footage more than the stats but because and because of like everything i can see defenses it's not maybe half the game anymore but i still think it's like a 55 45 60 40 split so like if you're an elite defender like Bam is for me that puts you above guys like um Vucevic and Randall maybe guys who are yeah. maybe they're looking more impressive on offense but then you add that Oh, by the way, Bam is an elite defender. It just it pushes him way over the top for me in this discussion.
0: Hundred yeah, percent with you on that. Yep, d- defense is is so important, and that's why I like. I think Embiid has been better than Jokic this year. It's like not offensively, but overall, because he's so much better on defense than Jokic. Even though offenses is more important now, like I would give him a slight edge, not a huge edge, but i just. It, I bring that up because it's a conversation I've had a few times in the last couple of days, where I just I think Embiid has been the best center in the league this year, and defense is is a big, big yeah, part of why. Um, and then uh, keep keep going though, man. Uh, who else did you have there? Was there any um, other frontcourt guys? There
1: was one more guy who I haven't mentioned yet, who was in that same. Well, I mentioned him in that same asterix with Kyrie, and that's Tatum. Oh right, and Tatum for me, he would an all-star right now i'm not sure who he would take oh sabonis i said that yeah he yeah A spot in the front court he's yeah like i think he hasn't expanded like i hoped he would or like we were talking about he could but i think a lot of that has been down to the fact that he has just had so much put on him like he he hasn't maybe got more efficient he's probably got less efficient but he's taking on a lot more volume as a creator and as a scorer than he has been in the last couple of years yeah. so i'm i'm okay with his little you know just staying how efficient you were and expanding your volume so good and you know defensively he's still great like he's still maybe he is. I think he's
0: actually i think he's actually gotten better on defense to be honest and i think a lot of that has to do with how much he's bulked up he's he's gotten mm-hmm. thicker than, like he bulked up more than just about any player in the league heading into the season yeah, yeah. it doesn't talked about that much but it jumps out to me when I watch him play I'm like god he's gotten so much stronger and it's not like Giannis territory yet so I hope he doesn't get get too uh, crazy with it but like I do think that's made him probably a better defensive player and and, I mean look he had COVID he missed a lot of time Um, when he was playing earlier in the season Kemba was out and that like you were talking about he had to take on sort of a different role like more of a playmaking role Kemba Kemba looks pretty rough but he is back Um, and I think and look, also Jalen has been playing out of his mind. I think when Jalen will come back down to earth a little bit. Hopefully, Kemba will get a little bit better. I think Jason will settle into a better role, and I think by the end of the season, he's going to be better than ever. Like I think, um, I think he's going to go on one of those runs that he, you know, he went on last season, where it's just like a month where he averages you know thirty plus, and um, mm-hmm. I, I, I see that coming very soon. Like I think that could that could kick off any day now. I think he's going to go on a major run and and yeah we'll be like he's he's definitely improved but we, we just haven't seen it yet but I, I hear you and and yeah it's like if, if assuming he's you know stays healthy until the all-star break it's going to be really hard to leave him off that team but it's also hard to leave sabonis off with how well he's been playing and how well indiana's been playing i mean sabonis is phenomenal like he yeah. I, I don't know if anybody's like other than maybe like Jokic. like as an offensive player um he's been as impressive as anybody This he's just so good. He is just so good. He is so fundamentally sound. I mean his his footwork is the best in the league among Mm -hmm. big men. Uh, He's got a real nice mid range jumper. He's he just does everything the right way. He does everything like exactly how you're taught to do it, how you're supposed to do it. Um, He's a very he's a very good player. So I don't know if he if 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 it came down to him and Brogdon for one of those uh Final two spots that could be either front court or back court. Who would you give the edge to? Like, who do you think's been oh, better this year? You. I That's would tough,
1: lean. Right? I would lean Sabonis, but it is tough. Yeah, like from, like Sabonis is close to being like, if I if I had a fourth team All NBA, he'd be on it. And right. maybe yeah, like because I I did that whole like who how can players make the jump this year and right. Sabonis has absolutely made a jump like you know defensively he's never probably going to be really good but i think he is above average now and with turner next to him like i didn't think him and turner could fit together but they're both just really talented and they just the thing with
0: the bonus too is he made the all-star team last season
1: yeah 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 he did so
0: he's he's kind of got that precedent where he's already made it and uh you know if he made it last season like you can't leave him off this season because he's definitely he's better for sure Yeah, yeah yeah and um i think uh, Indiana was pretty good at that time last season too, but I think they're I think they're probably better this season, especially relative to expectations, considering some of the injuries that they've had. Um, I, I just think he's more deserving this year than he was last year, so uh,
1: yeah, he, I had-
0: he should be on there. And I, I'd probably lean him slightly over Brogdon too, but but that's yeah. tough, man.
1: No, I had him. Him and I think Indiana and Utah were two teams personally I definitely underestimated because they just kind of they stayed the same mostly. And I think I totally underestimated the fact that just having that continuity in the COVID season where, you know, these guys have now played together, most of them have played together at least two years compared to, you know, some rosters that are being rebuilt over the off season. It makes a big difference because yeah, these, these guys, they just, they grow, they play well together. Like, yes, I think Sabonis and um, Brogdon and Warren, I think these guys are approaching their ceiling as a unit but that ceiling is and maybe that ceiling is only a second round exit but given they don't really have a superstar they're you know a top 10 team in the league that's amazing for them yeah i
0: agree I agree. They, they've been impressive and i definitely underestimated them and utah yep I'm, I'm in the same boat with those and i i I too underestimated the importance of continuity in a season like this like i almost looked at it like a bad thing oh they're just bringing back mm-hmm. the same team well in this season that's actually a huge advantage it would appear uh so far based on what we've seen and even some of these other teams that have that have overachieved a bit um, like San Antonio right like they that's another one where it's like uh, nobody really expected them I don't think to be a playoff team this season and they've been really good and again that's the same group they had last year right no major changes with DeJounte Lonnie DeMar LaMarcus Pirtle, you know, Keldon, whatever it's, it's it, Patty. It's the same guys and same coach, same system. And yeah, that's, that's proven to be a, a pretty big advantage. Anything else, man, on the, on the East or any other quick thoughts
1: on the all-stars? We're kind of getting, getting up there in time right now. And yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't think there's really um, anyone else. Do you think Shay has an argument? Hmm. Hmm. I, I, <laughs> I think he does. I, I think he does. I think he has he an argument.
0: Yeah. That's a good call. I mean, Speaking of like overachieving teams, um, they're again, <laughs> they're they I don't know what exactly they are right now, maybe eight and 10 or it's eight and 11, something like that. Not great, but much better than people expected. And they've been really competitive and they've had a couple of great wins, big comeback wins. And Shea has been by far their best player. And he, I mean, look, there's I, I watch a lot of Thunder games and Shea's frustrating at times. Um, mm-hmm. I, I still, I, I, I wish he was a better passer or like a more willing pass. He kind of gets tunnel vision sometimes where, um, but man, if that dude's like passing instincts ever catch up and he's not a bad passer, don't get me wrong. Like he's, he's a very capable passer. I'm just going by like starting point guard standards. I think he's a little subpar, but, but if his passing instincts ever catch up to his scoring instincts, like look the fuck out, that guy is going to be, unbelievable he's so long and, and he's so gifted as a scorer his okay. mid-range game is so nice his pace is so nice like he's got a lot of drew holiday mm-hmm. in his game like as a scorer like he's just he, he just does it at his own speed um he's very good with the angles and positioning his body he's not the most athletic guy but he's long uh i i i mean and his numbers are there he's averaging but probably 22 and 7 something like that i'm i don't have it in front of me but yeah i don't know you know what He's got an argument to answer your question. Yes. He's got an argument.
1: I think he really does, because I I did the whole like that whole who can take the jump. And with Shay, I was like, yeah, Shay, I like the thing like you say that stuck out to me was just how smooth he is scoring the ball. Like, legitimately could be one of the best scorers in the league in his prime. And yeah, I agree with you. I thought the passing his it's not instinctive the way I think the best ones are at the guard spot. And maybe that means in a perfect role, he's more of a two guard or a combo Mm. ultimately. And defensively, I don't know if he can either be really good, but he's probably already above average in terms of, you know, he's, he's not a zero on defense. He is probably a slightly positive defender. And I didn't know whether he could take the jump to being like a good defender, but it's entirely possible because he has taken a little jump playmaking it's entirely possible. He ends up being really good across the floor and he's just a really good, really smart player. who fits.
0: Sorry. And in fairness to him too, like, you know, look at the team around him. Like he, you know, if you, if you put a couple of knockdown shooters around him, um, you know, he's going to have more options and I think will therefore look like a better passer than he does now. Um, I know sometimes now it's like, you know, it, it doesn't seem like a great decision. Like it seems like he's sort of forcing the issue, uh, you know, to score, but on that team, maybe that is the best option sometimes. Um, So, you know, I'd like to see him with better pieces around him. And we will see that as, as these young guys like Dorton Baisley continue to improve. And as they bring in their draft picks over the next several years and probably trade some of those picks for, for like a superstar, like maybe a Bradley Beal type of guy, but they'll, they're going to put some pieces around him and we'll see what he looks like in that context. But I agree, like in a perfect world, he's probably not like a full-time point guard, Um, like he'll, he'll, he has plays where he'll, one of the things that drives me really crazy about him is he'll just, he'll just drive to the hole, get up in the air, like facing the hoop. And then when the shot's not there, he'll just turn around in midair and just throw it to whoever he sees out on the (laughs) perimeter. And sometimes there's someone standing there and sometimes they're not, but he's got a really bad habit of, of getting up in the air and, and throwing basically a blind pass. Uh, but again, he's, he's a young player. This is his first year as like a full-time point guard. Of course he had Chris Paul there last season mm-hmm. so but man he's awesome he's awesome you know i i nitpick his his game but overall he's awesome i've compared him to brandon roy in the past who's one of my favorite players of all time who had kind of a similar knack uh for scoring um as like a big sort of combo guard uh you know and and, and shays the, the defense he's got upside he's got great length he's got a seven foot wingspan he's athletic enough um yeah. he's he's smart enough it, it's more a question of effort i think with him where he's kind of got this sort of laid back kind of like too cool for school attitude out there on the court like he's he's a real laid back player and not so much in the way that like drew holiday is it's more like maybe kind of like not a good thing all the time yeah. with him he's very laid back so i i'd like to see a little more like i know it's not his demeanor it's not the way he plays but i'd like to see a little more like fire a little more aggression from him especially on defense but but he'll get there and i mean I don't know. He probably won't make the all-star team, but yeah, I think he's got, I think he's got like a case.
1: No, yeah, I I didn't really, he didn't really get too close, but that's, you know, the West is so tough anyway, and it's always going to be tough, but he really stood out to me as like, yeah, he's the fact that his, his efficiency has gone up when he is so clearly the best player on this team. And you know, the team, like you say, they, they completely gutted their, their playoff roster from last year. And he's taken on so much more responsibility and done it more more efficiently. That just I'm like, wow, wow, Shay, that's amazing. Yeah, he's, like you say, he's special.
0: He's special. I, I think I probably undersold him a little mm-hmm. bit heading into the season too. Like, yeah. just I, you know, I've never seen him as a guy with like huge upside, and I still don't. I mean, I don't think he has like superstar upside, but no, I sure. could probably now see some some all star teams in his future. The more I see of him, because he has gotten better, and he, he's so he's so gifted. There's not a lot of guys that. Um, that just have that those instincts for for scoring and getting to the rim and um, I mean he he's awesome he's a, he's a fun player so yeah anybody that's listening to this that hasn't really seen the Thunder this season I would recommend checking them out like they're just a fun team they're a fun team to root for it's a good time to get on the bandwagon while they're still bad because they're going to be really good uh, before you know it I think um, oh yeah but yeah, yeah we, we should probably get out of here man it's uh yeah you know, well, well over an hour and you know I know Plastic. Steve doesn't. Steve doesn't want us going two hours. (laughs) So (laughs) we'll cut it short now, man. That was, that was fun though. That was a, that was a lot of fun. Again, this was not planned. We were, we, we had every intention of doing our expansion draft today, but there's no way we're doing that without Steve. So we'll do it next week with him. And, and this turned out to be a a fun episode in its own right. So yeah, Jacob, thanks for, thanks for being here, man. Always, always great talking to you. And, um, always a pleasure. yeah, uh, Yeah. Thanks, man. And thank you everybody for listening. And we will talk to y'all soon. Peace.